We learned the Sikha for Pashas Achre in Chelik Yud Beis. This is a Rashi Sikha in which the Rebbe explains uh, Rashi, um, explaining the words, what was meant with Ani, Hashem Elekechem, uh, why Rashi has to explain and how it's different, as we'll see. The Rebbe explains it in a very beautiful way so that everything uh, fits in uh, beautifully. <coughs> Learn inside. Aleph. Rashi bipirusha lapsukim. Rashi, in his commentary on the verses, uh, the verses discuss about the all the different uh, relationship, uh, promiscuous relationships with the Torah prohibits. So the Pesach says, Daber el bnei Yisrova marta aleihem, ani Hashem alekechem. So the first, it starts off with a statement, speak to the bnei Yisrael, say to them, I am God your God. And then the verse goes on to tell you that that like the activities, what the way uh, the behavior that took place in the land of Mitzrayim, the place that you were settled in, where you lived before, you shall not do so. etc. Then the Torah keeps on telling you all the details of the laws of the prohibited relationships. Uh, and unions that the Torah prohibits. So over here, Rashi explains Mefarish. Rashi Maitik Satevis. First, he quotes from the Pasuk. It says, Ani Hashem, Marta Leim Ani Hashem. So, what does it mean, Ani Hashem Elikechem? It says, I'm God, your God. Mefarish, and Rashi explains that Ani Hu Shomarti Bissinai, Anoichi Hashem Elikechem. It is I. Who I said on Mount Sinai, when the Yidden war by the Har Sinai, I said, started off the Aseris Adibris with Anoichi Hashem Elekechem, I am God your God. And Vikibaltam Alechem Malchusi, and you accepted upon yourself my Malchus, my kingdom. So Me'ato, so now, Kablu Gzeiresai, accept my decrees. So, what does Ani Hashem Lekechem means? I am God, your God, who you accepted upon yourself. So now I am making decrees and you have to accept them. That's one interpretation. Rashi continues and Rashi says, Rabbi Oimer, Rabbi says, Go live Yadua Lefonov, Shesoifom Lenatik Barai Bime Ezra. It is revealed and it's known before Hashem that in the end the Yidden will detach themselves through this arayas, through this prohibited relationships in the days of Ezra. And therefore, so that's why he comes upon them, Ani Hashem with a decree. He says, Ani Hashem so, which basically means, You shall know who is the one that is making this decree upon you. He is a judge who will collect payment for not following through on his decree. And he's also trustworthy, trustworthy to pay reward for those who obey and follow his decrees. Okay, so these are the two points that Rashi brings in Ani Hashem 
one that since Hashem has, they have accepted Hashem's kingdom, so accept the decree. Number two, a uh, warning that they know that this is going to be something which the Jews will fail. And Hashem is telling to them, I am trustworthy to collect if you don't follow, and I will pay reward if you do comply. So what is this simple explanation in this Rashi? What, what is Rashi coming to tell us here? Because in a move on, it would seem it's not understood. What is the intent with this command? Eivishter opens up the command. And the says to Moshe that speak to Bnei Yisrael, uh, so that he should tell the people, I'm God, you're God. So why, why, what, what is this that Moshe Rabbeinu has to tell them this? Uh, what is the novelty? He's saying to the Yidlan, After all, what Hashem has taken them out already of Egypt. And he's giving them the Torah. And now he's telling them, you should know that I'm God, your God. So, Rashi. so therefore Rashi explains, It's not a subject matter by itself. It's not Ani Hashem, independent, just telling you something about Ani Hashem. No. This is actually sort of it's as an introduction to what's written that follows, what's written afterwards. Since you have accepted my kingdom, my malchus, during the Matan Torah, you also need to, it's upon you to also accept the commands, the Gezeda Samurim Lahalon, the decrees that are said later on. And then Rashi adds a second interpretation. Since at the end they will detach themselves through Arayas. So these are the two interpretations. Why is he telling them over here? All of a sudden, either because as a follow-up, that since this is also a hagdoma, uh, it's an introduction to what follows, that either because you already accepted the kingdom, you should accept the gezeres, uh, and therefore ani Hashem, or since uh, he knows that they are going to fail, so Hashem is warning them and saying ani Hashem. Omnam yeshlov bezeh, the Rebbe has many questions on this simple interpretation, seemingly uh, in this Rashi. Matter of fact, the Rebbe is going to ask now eight different questions on the very simple meaning as we explained it right now. So first of all, Yeshlov Mazen, number one, Aleph. So we find a similar language of Ani Hashem Alekechem. Betchilas Parshas Va'edo in the beginning part of Eidah, Allah Posik, there the Posik says, Vaydaber Elikim El Moshe, Vayemer Elov. Elikim speaks to Moshe and he says to him, 
Ani Hashem. Those Zilakechem there, it says Ani Hashem. So, Shagam Bo Yesh Lakshas Kinal. So, there we can also ask the same problem we had in our Rashi. Mau Achidish Ba Omrei Ani Hashem. So, what is the novelty? What is Hashem telling him all of a sudden? Ani Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu was communicating with Hashem the whole time. Shem opens up this statement by Dabrel Kimel Moshe Vayimrel Vani Hashem. So, so Kvar Pirush Rashi. So over there, Rashi already explained that Hashem. What is it, Hashem meaning when he says Hashem? Not he's telling him that he's Hashem, but he's telling you something specific that Neman Salim Sochar Toiv Lemisalchum Lufana Bechulu. That Hashem is trustworthy to pay good rewards to those who go before him, etc. And Rashi continues over there before he says, And this language that Hashem says, I'm trustworthy to collect, we find that it's been expounded in many places. Either Ani Hashem Neman that we say, I am Hashem, that I am trustworthy to collect, which means Hashem will punish for those who misbehave, or or I'm also trustworthy in both cases, to collect and also to give reward, as Rashi said over there in Parshas Veda. So we can also explain, so in our Pasuk, when Hashem starts off, we're saying, it means, Nemon, uh, 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 so, first of all, just from that uh, that interpretation could mean here, and Rashi emphasizes over there, over there Rashi emphasizes that this type of of language and this meaning, we find that it's been expounded in many places. So why would we have a problem in our place? This is one of the places that we should say when Hashem says Ani Hashem means that He will trustworthy to uh, collect, to pay, and to, to give reward. So, so the question is, why is Rashi worried about it here in the first place? So Rashi over here is again uh, questioning this, learning that. Why does it say Ani Hashem? We know already the answer of that. And Bayes, number two, why would Rashi have a problem? And number two, he explains it differently. He gives other interpretation. He doesn't go by that interpretation. The Rebbe explains in the Ha'ore that even according to this Second uh, interpretation, which Rashi does say, it is dayanli potev enemel shalom sechar. That is just the words of what Ani Hashem means. But why is it written here? It's not for that, but it's it's written here because nothing but ayis. But the Rebbe's question is, why don't we just say simply, just like Rashi said in the Ve'era, that many times it's expounded Ani Hashem that it is. That's 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 what the pasuk is coming to teach us, and uh, so that's the first question. Number two, Bayes. The Rebbe asks 
what, what is the meaning since you accepted my kingdom? Uh, you have to accept my decrees. But isn't accepting the kingdom to accept the decrees? What, what, what is these two parts over here that Rashi explains in the first shot? What is in the simple meaning of things? Because, of course, the Rebbe points out, there is in but in Pashtus, what is Inyan Kabolos Malchusi? Zulas Kabolos to accept the kingdom. You accept my symptom. What is there besides accepting the decrees and the mitzvahs? What is the content? What does it mean when you accept the kingdom? It is that you accept upon yourself all that which the king will instruct, will command. So also the Rashi himself on the Pasuk, which Rashi brings down over here, it says, In the Aseris Adibris, Rashi quotes over in the Pasuk. So what does Rashi say over there? The Pasuk says that, I am God, your God, who has taken you out from the land of Egypt. So Rashi says, That, that it's worthy, it should, it's fitting, that because I have taken you out, that you should be enslaved to me. So that means that what does Rashi explain? What does it mean? Which we're saying, this is the Kabbalah's Malchusi, is what does it mean? So already we're saying that you should be Enslaved to me. What does it mean, enslaved to me? Lavedis Hashem became mitzvahs to serve Hashem by fulfilling, observing the mitzvahs in actuality. As also the Rashi before that, uh, before the Aseris Hadibris, it says, that yes, parshim awesome odom. If a person does the mekabel schar, you get paid reward. <coughs> you receive a schar for it. But if you don't, you won't receive punishment. So you might have thought that the ten sayings are also in that category, that you don't have to do it if you don't want the reward. That's why the positive of Chudu. So basically... We're talking about doing mitzvahs. Everything about Anoich Hashem Alekecha, the Aseris Adibris, is talking about doing mitzvahs. And over here, in our uh, Rashi, over here, he makes a distinction here. Rashi, it separates them. and says that one thing is, You accepted my kingdom. Now receive my decrees. But what is the difference? If they receive Malchusay, that was the Xerese. So what is this Ani Hashem over here adding? And Rashi explains the, the Xeres. And Rebbe will explain later on in the Biur that the Xeres over here are a special category of mitzvahs, which are called the Gizetas, which are the Arayas, that follow, as the Rebbe will explain in the answer. Gimel. What's the uh, the third question the Rebbe says? Uh, 
if, on the other hand, im kabolas ha mitzesu inyan bifnei atzmei, ve kabolas ha malchus luchud. If we should say, there is two separate. There is one thing of receiving mitzvahs, accepting the mitzvahs, and then there is another thing of accepting the malchus. Im kein ho yotzorich liizba atzivu le kabolas ha mitzvahs. So then this command to accept the mitzvahs should have come before the Bnei Yisrael have been instructed, the commanded, and the first mitzvah should say, Ani Hashem, accept my, uh, my mitzvahs. Again, as the Rebbe will explain, that here we're talking about a special mitzvah, a gezeris. But in Pashtus, uh, what is these two things? It's either, how could we separate them? And if we do separate them, why don't we have it before? Dalat, fourth question is, Here the Rebbe points to the, uh, Rashi emphasizes, doesn't say except the mitzvah, it says, my decrees. Not my mitzvah. As is common in the Rashi's interpretation in most places. Hey, the fifth question is, why do we need two interpretations? Medubar kama pa'amim. We spoke already many times. When Rashi explains two commentaries, two interpretations, or more than two, one subject, so that proves to us that in each one of these interpretations there is some difficulty. Which is not in the other one. And that's why he brings them both. This one, difficulty is not the same as this one's difficulty, so he brings them both. They have different difficulties. But it would seem, in our case, both of these commentaries make sense. Both of these interpretations are understood in the simple meaning of the verse. So what pushed Rashi, what forced Rashi to bring two interpretations? Uh, the other question now is why Rashi quotes in the second interpretation the author of the statement, Rabbi. Also, we've already spoken many times. That Rashi does not mention the name of the author of the of the uh, author of the statement of the uh, brought down interpretation. So the comment doesn't say who said it. The time he push it, and the reason for that is obvious. Why don't we have to bring down the name? This is not connect to the simple meaning of the pasuk. Who said it doesn't make a difference. So from the fact that in most cases Rashi doesn't bring it down. That in a place where Rashi does mention it, so then that's evidence that also the name of the author of the statement is connected. It's important to understanding the meaning of the pasuk. So, therefore, we need to understand what is added by understanding the second. Interpretation, to say that the Rebbe said it. So Rashi brings down right away is that the Rebbe is the one that said 
Why does Rashi have to say Rebbe? Um, number seven, the Rebbe also says that the language that Rashi uses here, Linotic, is different than the usual. The common language as it connects to when we talk about an Aveda, who laver, transgress, lekoshel, to stumble, or similar. Over here, Rashi changes to write to detach himself in the Arais. And finally, the eighth question, the Rebbe says that Rashi brings an example uh, just from what took place in uh, the days of Ezra and in the Torah's Kohanim, which is the source of Rashi's spirit, he brings down that also this happened, Lenatik Barayas also happened in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, much earlier. Why does Rashi omit this whole Moshe Rabbeinu, the time of the Moshe Rabbeinu when it happened, and he goes all the way to the Meyazra? Let's look inside, Ches. Pirusha shul Rashi mekoyde b'teres koinim ala posik. Rashi's commentary's source is the teres koinim on this verse. Aval shomevayr but over there he explains v'chein matzinu shenitku ba'arayis. So he says like this: We find that they were detached from the eyes. So first he says shenemar vayishma Moshe som boicha lemishpechayisov that Moshe heard that the nation was crying to their families, and as Rashi himself says later on, the mishpechayisov means. Matters of family, matters of Arayas. And then the Teres Koenim adds, so first it brings down the story of Moshe. And then it says, And also Malachi said to him, Malachi, this is Ezra, the same, he said, And this is the second thing that you do. It says that they do this again, he was rebuking them for the uh, taking the baskel uh, and the marriage there and they were buried in the Eishesnurim, basically the fact that they were menatic by rice. So the Tereskainim quotes two parts, Moshe and Malachi. But Rashi only quotes this that we find in the day of Ezra Shu Malachi. This is actually Malachi. In the Tereskainim it says Malachi, but this is Me'ezra. But not Moshe. So, and but it's even more difficult because actually Rashi translates. Rashi himself translates the word which is brought down to his But that what they were crying about these was on family matters on the arayas that were prohibited to them. And yet, and Rashi lets go and doesn't mention the example, something that took place in that generation. Which is a time close to when this parsha was said. Or maybe, and he brings something which happened, that at the end they're going to detach the rise days of Ezra, which is which is about a thousand years later. So why does Rashi bring that example only from 
Ezra and does not bring down the example from Moshe Rabbeinu. In that time of Moshe Rabbeinu. In Oiz Beis, the Rebbe is going to give the general explanation now why Rashi has to explain anything. Rashi already said before in Parshas Ve'edu, Ani Hashem Aleikeichem, that Nemen L'Shalom Schar and Nemen Lipora. But the Rebbe says that is only when it comes at the end of a... Uh, of a prohibitions or trying to uh, strengthen and emphasize that you must follow what I just said because there is going to be penalties there. But in our case, this proceeds before we even told you what the Gzeda is, so it doesn't apply so much to come and to say that this means over here, Ani Hashem, to pay uh, the penalty because uh, it's not uh, something that we already learned. So therefore... So Rashi learns that this is coming as an introduction of uh, 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 coming as an independent piece. And the Hashem telling you something different, uh, not as a follow-up to something else. Look inside. The explanation, all the above, and all this. Even though that Rashi, in the beginning of the portion of Eida, when the Pasuk uses the language in Yavshem, so Rashi already explained that I am trustworthy to give, to pay good pay, good reward for those who walk before me. And Rashi says over there that this language we find that it's been expounded many places is but still yet it's different in our case. That interpretation of Rashi only applies only when the language I am Hashem Nemar is said at the conclusion of a command. Or it's coming to a subject matter that has been written before. So, because in order to emphasize the seriousness uh, of this command, so that's why he concludes and he warns. You should know Kenny Hashem. You should know Kenny Hashem. To say, I am worthy to pay the reward, and I am trustworthy to collect, to punish. And actually that is so in those commands which Rashi intends in is including. What Rashi includes, he says, that with this language we found that it's been expounded in many places, etc., and as it's evidence from those psukim that Rashi brings down, that it means a warning and an emphasis for the uh, preceding command. The same thing is in the Pasuk by David Elikim El Moshe by So the Pasuk starts off in the Pasuk of Eira, Hashem says to Moshe, Ani Hashem. There was no command beforehand, but over there also. Over there, Rashi explains that this is not a new subject matter. Hashem is saying to Moshe, as it would appear 
seemingly that this is something new. But rather, Hashem spoke with Moshe in a judgment, in a tough way, because Moshe was tough speaking and saying, Why did you speak to do bad to these people? The Parsha Kedemus, which was the previous Parsha. So as a response, as a follow-up, continue to this, Omar Loi, Hashem says him, and Hashem, I am Hashem, Chloimar is to say, Why did you question after my measures? But am I not trustworthy to pay good reward, Lamis Halchim, Lefonai, those who go before me? Similar to what the Pesach over there in Pashas Ve'eru says afterwards, says, Tell them, Ani Hashem, what does it mean? Peter Shnashi, Hanemon Bahaftachosi. So, what is, I'm trustworthy in my promise. What is it coming to explain behind the Levayan? Over there, Rashi is also saying, don't say to Ani Hashem, that it's something new. The Pesach is not coming, a new subject. As we can say, seemingly, if she's telling him, Ani Hashem, no, this is not something, it's not a standalone new statement, Ani Hashem. She's telling you, but rather, this is a conclusion and strengthening to the promising words that are said before. Ani Hashem, I am Hashem who is promising. And I can be trustworthy and I'm worthy, I can be believed to fulfill my promise. So that would be in the other cases. As opposed to where Ani Hashem is written in the beginning of the Dibur. As it's in our Pasuk, that's before us. Speak to them, say to them Ani Hashem. Over here it's impossible to interpret that the intent of with this is the shame has as a warning and as an emphasis that Hashem is trustworthy to pay uh, reward or to collect or to punish because we had not yet said nothing has been said yet any command or in your subjects that on that should rest this warning or this emphasis. We hadn't told you anything yet. So what is the passing intending to say? You tell them, what is he supposed to tell them? So therefore we have to say, this has not been said as a beginning for the psukim that follow. But rather that this is a tzibui and a inyan and by itself. This saying itself is the command. Shem is saying something of here. And this language, so that it's understood as an independent command. <coughs> we already find this in the Ten Commandments. Over there, in the beginning, the Eishter says, 
And the meaning is, that they should accept Hashem's blessed kingdom. Same thing by us. The Ebesheh is telling them, you have to accept. I'm not moving, but it's understood. Can't say that here the command is to accept Hashem's kingdom. Because they have already accepted Hashem's kingdom. That was a Neich Hashem Alekecha. We also can't say that the intent is for accepting just the mitzvahs in general. Because that is a detail in accepting the malchus. Because when we say you already accepted the malchus, we already know that you accepted the mitzvahs. The Gamka and also as Rebbe asked earlier, then why would this be the place of this command? The place would be before the first mitzvah to accept the uh, uh, mitzvahs. If you need to accept the mitzvah separately, but why here? So therefore, we have to say Let's say this is something a new command in accepting the kingdom and the mitzvahs. This is a command for accepting a category, a special category of mitzvahs, which they have not yet been commanded on them. And also, this is not included, this acceptance, in the general acceptance of all the mitzvahs. So, what is it? What are we accepting right now? Accepting the mitzvahs? What are we accepting over here? So he says, The mitzvah that follows after this command, this new command that the Ebishter says, accept my gzedus, is the Yisra Varais. The Rebbe will explain that's a level of a gzeda. It makes no sense, the whole concept of Varais, as the Rebbe will explain, uh, relatives should be more desirable marriage than the Pasuk says, This is a Gezeira, something illogical. So, so from this, since this is the new type of mitzvah category, that the command, say to them, I am Hashem, he has horror, that is a warning uh, for accepting of mitzvahs which are of a new category, not been included before, of Gezeiras. Of Gizaitis, which means that Zoysimedes, this means even though that during the standing at Mount Sinai, the Bnei Yisrael accepted upon them to fulfill the mitzvahs of Hashem, but still there is room to say that what did they accept then? Had they not accepted, only mitzvahs, such mitzvahs that are in the category that the intellect tolerates them. Which means, When we say tolerate, means those that are logical are understood, and also those that are not understood. But at least, there is no conflict, there's no contradiction. This human intellect does not contradict to it. 
those mitzvahs which the intellect, even of Gedusha, managed them, opposes them, so then they can say, it's possible to, to say, that these mitzvahs have not been included when they accepted Hashem's kingdom and His mitzvahs. Before Hashem instructs the portion of the mitzvah which are in the new category, the category of Gzeda. Arayis, as the Kiddelhalim will say. Harumagdim So first, he introduces them to accepting the Gzeda generally. Not specifically the Arayis, but all Gzedas that are in conflict with Seichel. <coughs> Since I am the one who said in Sinai, I am God your God, and you accepted my kingdom, you. That means that you accepted upon yourself to observe, to fulfill the mitzvahs. So now you have to accept also the gezeres. Also the mitzvahs, which is the mitzvah specifically of Arayis, they should be accepted, and that's why this is an introduction. So in this case, Ani Hashem Alekechem is not just uh, going to pay, or going to collect, or going to trustworthy, but rather because it's, it's a standalone, it's a new acceptance, just like Ani Hashem Alekechem, they accept by Seres Adibris, Hashem's Malchus and Kabbalah's mitzvahs, now they accepted also, especially for the Gizetas, which automatically answers most of the Yukim uh, already that the Rebbe brought down earlier. In Ois Gimel, the Rebbe will explain why uh, the uh, command against Arais is called a Gizetas, because logically uh, one would expect that when it comes to marriage and lineage is a very important part of it. Um, and um, it would seem that family members is uh, more uh, welcome, but uh, the Torah says no. So that's considered to be a gazer because it defies uh, the logic. So it's a noise gimel. Bahatam, nikra. Why the reason why the command against Arias is called a Gezeira decree? Because Dover Muvan Hu, this is something which is self understood. As far as marriage goes, the advantage of a good lineage that is takes up a very important part, it's the very main part, is to have uh, a shidduch, uh, marriage, uh, with a uh, family of yuchsin. Especially when the person who is coming to, to the shidduch is somebody who is a son of great lineage, of elevated lineage. As we have studied, and we saw, <coughs> the Torah prolongs <coughs> telling us about the yichus, the lineage of Aaron's wife. 
It says the Torah gives the detail as Elishava, who was Bas Aminodov, the daughter of Aminodov, who was Achois Nachshon, in the sister of Nachshon. So why does the Torah have to tell us all there? To explain that she was exceptionally lineage. The fact that she was the daughter of Aminodov, and also she was the sister of Nachshen. And we see Rashi says, as Rashi explains, that from here we learn one who marries a woman should check her brothers. Um, so we're saying she was the sister of Nachshin. Nachshin was a very important uh, a person. He jumped into the sea. You know, Nachshin was a, the, the leader there. So he he was mentioned here to teach us how important Yechus is. Chain Avram. The same thing we find by Avram. When he sent Eliezer to go and take a wife for his son Yitzchok, Omar Loi, so what did he tell him? He said to him, that you should only go back to my land, to my place of birth, take over there a wife for my son Yitzchak. He wanted to go back to his family members. And because the daughters, the girls in his land and his place of birth had good lineage because they were because they were from Avram's family. So if he says, so since we realize that family is a very important yichas, a very important thing in a Shidach, according to this, Hasvodan Nisenes logic dictates Shahashidu Chachi Toiv Liisham Yuchasu. So, what would be the most, the best kind of a Shidach for a person who has lineage? Um, that would be from his family and anyone who is closer to him. Hogunumasim Yesli in a Shidach would be more fitting and more appropriate for the shidduch. Somebody would be a family member. And in general, and also another main point is the ultimate goal of marriage is to be fruitful, multiply. To have children. And the couple turns into one flesh through their children. The children unite them both. How do they move on? So it's understood. That this would be in a more wholesome way. Uh, that she is the flesh of the man. That, she's, uh, uh, that brings wholesomeness. So that would appear to be the better but yet, the laws of Aharayis is just the opposite. How does the Torah begin the laws of Aharayis? By saying, Ish, Ish, a man, a man, El Kol She'er Besorei, Loi Sikrovu Gomer. Torah says specifically, a man, a man to Kol She'er Besorei, any relative 
a flesh relative, don't come close, etc. So uh, this is uh, one thing that, uh, but the other thing is, uh, the way the Eberster created the world was in a situation, how could the world sustain, hang, hinged, how was the existence of the world hinged on? That the sons of Adam Harishin should marry their sisters. There was nobody else there, or else there could not be uh, a world. There can be no uh, continuation. And Yaakov Yaakov married sisters also. And it was specifically Yaakov who married the sisters whose bed is wholesome, meaning all of his children were tzaddikim, as opposed to Avram and Yitzchak. Avram, we also find Nosa de Dosei. He married his aunt, Veneldu Miriam Arnamosha. That is also a prohibited relationship to marry an aunt. And yet from there was born Miriam Arnamosha. So based on all this, so since we see that the world exists of this, and this is what happened uh, with the forefathers, and it was all in this uh, context of family members marrying each other. So, based on this, so then the prohibition for any relative not to be and uh, in, get into marriage. So, this is similar as Rashi explains with regards to the Akeda in which Avram complained, and he says, Yesterday you told me, that in Yitzchok, your seed will be called, which means that Yitzchok will live, and he will fall, fall, continue, and follow, he will be the seed. And then, and then you go back and say, uh, take your son. Then when and now when he's ready to bring in as an offering, then don't take it So here it's the Abishter says yesterday the Abishter says uh, brothers and sisters are okay. Uh, that's the world existence. Now the Abishter says not okay. That's why we have now that becomes a special instruction for generally accepting Hashem's decree. And then comes the Gzeda of the details, Al Harais and the Harais. So, the Rebbe is going to explain now in Nois Dalet that this is not really uh, sufficient. Um, the this explanation. That's why Rashi needs uh, another explanation. The Rebbe says there is two problems with this explanation. So this is uh, this interpretation is not totally uh, clear, uh, fully uh, explained. Because number one, Aleph. Let it be, although that now is, he starts to command them about the Gezeres. And therefore, that's why there was no 
need, they weren't, they didn't have to receive, accept upon themselves the Xadis earlier because there were no Xadis. But Mekoma came still. The Pashtus Hoyamasim Yoiser, but it would be more simply fitting. Shabeis Savose al Kabolas Malchuse Umitzvesov, the Chlal, that when, at the time that the Abishter instructs about accepting the Kabolas, the Machs, the Mitzvahs in generally. Hashem tells him, so then Yitzave at that same point you should also tell him I'll call Suga Mitzvahs and all categories of Mitzvahs. Gama Gzedes, all the Gzedes. But Lama Mechalkom lebeis Tzivuyim u'bizmanu Shayim. Why does the pasuk separate them, splits them up to two separate two commands and the different times? Beis Matan Torah lemitzvus bechlal. During the Matan Torah, they have the General O mitzvahs, kabbalas mitzvahs, and specifically for the gezeres. So that's not so clear. And bays, and the number two, the other problem is had a gamlif name matn teira, vafil libnei noyach nesru arais. Even before matn teira, and even from bnei noyach, the arais been prohibited. Not everything. I call upon him. I crave his beyoser. Those that are very close. That's how come they could marry uh, the two sisters. And, his, and because that wasn't on the, of the Bnei Noach. But generally, as Arayas uh, was then there too. That too is a decree. And there was additional mitzvahs. And they said, and everything. On what they were already told before as Bnei Noyach and Esarayis, and they said Nasa. So there was already a Kabbalah even for Gezeres, maybe not the exact specific that were added later on, but generally there was already a Kabbalah for that. That's why Rashi gives a second interpretation. Tataka Ani Hashem Lekeichem is actually an introduction to the parsha that follows. Upirushe and then the meaning is here. Ukemoyishu nidrash bebekama mekoymis, and the comment as if as the same way as it's expounded in several places. Ani Hashem bechulo. I v'zeh shashina hakosu lichtev zeh b'tchilas hatibur. This that the pasuk changes around over here writes it in the beginning, in the opening of the. Statement of the saying about the Arayas, and he writes at the beginning before having said the Tzivui. That's for extra emphasis on the seriousness of this command. To begin with, he starts it off right away with a decree. Since in the end they are going to detach through the Arayas. That's why he warns them before he tells them about that ayah. You should know who is the one that's decreeing on you. A judge who is going to collect, going to punish, and he's trustworthy to pay reward. Why Take? What's the reason that specifically 
by Arayas there is a special warning which we don't find by all prohibitions of the Torah. Mefarsha Rashi Bishinu Halosha Rashi explains this through the change of language Lenatek Ba'arayas to detach with Arayas. The Arayas Afshori that when we're dealing with Arayas it is possible the Golulafon of Shabbosofon Yuhikiyikin and it was open before Hashem that actually is going to happen so there's going to be Pekam Godl Shel Nituk a great blemish of detachment Lenatek Pirush when we say to detach it means Litloish to rip off Ulahafrit and to separate Umuvone Khan and here it's understood is Lahafrit Ben Yisroel Avim Shabbosofon to separate between the Yidin and the Father in Heaven Okimavur as explained in the words of Ezra at length in the Psukim over there in Ezra, Hanituk Shenasa Oz, the detachment that took place then when they married the Noshimachrius. Ubifrat al Derecha especially from the perspective of Aloha, as the Rambam writes, quoting, Inyan Zeh. This idea, we're talking about the we're talking about a one of uh, is being uh, living with the Goy, Boyal Goyo. He is having an intimacy with a non Jewish woman. There is no penalty of death by Bezdin. Let it not be light in your eyes. There is a loss that in all of the Arayas it does not, uh, we don't find it. Because when we talk about other Arayas, if it's a son from an Erva, he is considered his son for all matters. He's considered Jewish. He's considered part included in Yisrael. Even though he's an illegitimate. But if it's a son from a non-Jewish woman, that's not a son. He will turn your son from after me. Meisid Oisoi Bincha, meaning your son, the son from the Goya. Uh, turn away from Hashem. He turns away from being after Hashem. He's no longer a Jewish uh, child. And also, according to the simple meaning itself. So we see how logically, how detrimental this is, the marriage of uh, Arayis with Nash Machrius. Uh, but the Pirish Rasa Posik, Lamadnu, Arashi explains over there on the Posik, Yosiris Bincho, Lamadnu Sheben Bitcho, Habo, Minha Nochri Kori Bincho. That a son of your daughter who comes from a marriage with a Goy, Minha Nochri Kori Bincho, still your son. I will ben Bincha, Bo Minha Nochris, but your son's sons who was born to him from a Goyish woman, from an Ochris, is not called your son, nor her son. So because of the seriousness of this matter, 
Ezra that they're going to transgress and detach them the Ezra. Kim super big as explained in the Pasukim. Needed to warn about this with more force. Rashi does not bring that we find that they sin, the sin of Arayis Meho, from the fact that the Moshe hears the families, they were crying because of Arayis, because Mishpachesov. Over there it wasn't lenatic, so wouldn't explain why we need that special tzivui. Mashimein can be made Ezra Kinal as opposed to the days of Ezra. But uh, the the him took him later on, so we're talking about Ezra, about marrying Goyesha women, but in the Pasik, it doesn't say that. Uh, the Psukim follow Ishisha, called She'er Krova, that in this portion, the whole reason we're saying this introduction is for Bilas Nochri, but in this parsha they haven't been commanded yet for the prohibition of Bilas Nochri. Since Shekan Maschil Arayis, here it begins, this is the beginning to instruct the Arayis, which includes in it also this sin which detaches from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, although later on will be a special command against the Bilas But yet, the Torah starts here. That's why he emphasizes the seriousness of this matter right in the beginning of the portion Arayas, as mentioned earlier. But now in Ois Hay, the Rebbe will explain well, the, the, the Rebbe, that why does Rashi not just say this second shot? Because this shot is actually uh, even further. The Rebbe is going to explain, the Rebbe softens a little bit, but still uh, it's not so smooth, and therefore the Rashi brings the first shot as well. Let's look inside. This interpretation is not sharp and smooth. I mean, it is not so so perfect an interpretation, and it's actually by Yeshua Rishon. It's even less than the first one. More difficult, not chad more than the first one. Because it's difficult to say in the simple meaning of the verse. That the intent of the introduction of the Pasuk here before we're talking about the Ura is because of something that will take place. which is going to take place much many much time afterwards. and for a command which will be articulated in another parsha. That's why Rashi has to have the first interpretation, Ba'adrab and the contrary who are that's the main. But Ba'afa became and still Tema. To remove at least somewhat the surprise in this shot to forewarn something which is gonna take a long time later. Shatoira to that the Torah should speak in a matter 
which isn't going to happen, but after many years. Madgish Rashi, Shepirish Zomra Rebbe. Rashi emphasizes that this interpretation was said by Rebbe. Rebbe explains Rebbe, Sidr Vakoshal Vakosha Mishnais. Rebbe organized and he wrote down the Mishnais. Ba'av Shedvorim Shabalpeh Yatar Ashoyi Loim Rebbeksav. Things that are orally, uh, which is the Mishnai, is, is, is not permitted to say them in writing. You can't write them down. Uh, so what was the uh, reasoning for Rebbe that he wrote down the Torah Shabalpeh? So he says, They permitted to write them because the Pesach says, sometimes there's a time to do for Hashem, even though they are uh, doing against the Torah. But the only way to survive uh, and salvage and save all the Torah was through writing it down. The Kiv and Because since it's not possible not to write down, because the hearts have been diminished and the Torah is being forgotten. That's why they were mafir. They take, take, went against the words of the Torah because of the time that it was necessary. So here we see that Rabbi explains a posse which was said by David, which goes on the writing of the Mishnah, that's going to be after a long time later on. And here too he goes, according to his view, Rabbi, that that the intent of the Pasuk is for the time of Ezra. Then at the end they're going to detach the Raiz. That's why it came upon them with the decree in order to perform something which will take place much later. This is Mesichas Shabbos Parshas Achamesu Kedoshim Tavshin Lamed Aleph.